everyone. My name's Hannah. And I'm Abby. And we are the, the Homegirl Hustlers. We are here to be your guides on how to adjust your mindset, lifestyle, and habits to become the best version of yourself and pursue your passion without limits. Hey, Homegirl Hustlers. Welcome back. We're so happy to have you guys back with us this week. But what's new? This episode is all about how your personality affects your decision-making career and ultimately your life. So getting to know ourselves, our personality traits specifically, and how they affect our decisions, relationship work, and everything else is so pivotal. By knowing how our personality impacts our lives, we can make more informed choices about our relationships and careers, ones that potentially lead to healthier, longer-lasting ones. So tune in as we go over the big five top personality traits and how exactly our personalities impact our lives for better and for worse. Absolutely. I love this topic. I feel like a lot of us discredit how much control we have over the outcome of our lives and how we look at everything that's being presented to us. Because when it comes to your personality, a lot of us think that this is something that's like stuck in time. It's who you are, it's unchangeable, but really you have so much control over who you are, how you look at life and the decisions that you make, whether it's in work, whether it's in relationships, as we are in full control. Okay, homegirl hustlers. I personally will say that as a woman myself, I've always seen myself evolving throughout different experiences in life. I change And that's made me realize that I'm not someone that's just like stuck in who I am. I can be versatile. I can open up to different qualities and traits that I might not have been comfortable with prior. So this is a super exciting topic. I agree. I'm someone who's always, I feel like with most of us, had this idea in my head and in your guys' head too of like, oh, our personality is set in stone. It's something that we've had and that we've grown up with and is affected by like how we're growing up and our parents and our environment. And that's just who we are. And that's it, period. You can't change. But I think in this episode, you guys will see, and I've learned throughout the last few years as well, that that's actually not true. And your personality does change and does evolve. And there's so many different things that you can take with you as you learn and grow and go through life. And when it comes to your career, you're not stuck with a specific personality type and specific ways of life. You can grow. And as you grow, you can also reach new heights and new levels with your career and open up new opportunities and new doors for yourself. So I think this is really exciting because we get to talk about how to do so and those different personality traits and how they affect our careers in different ways. So I'm really excited to get into this. But before we get into all this stuff and how it affects our careers, we wanted to dive into the top five personality traits. So these are like, quote unquote, the big five personality traits. This theory was originally developed in 1949, and it's been adapted and adopted with different psychologists like as time has continued. But this big five has kind of always stayed the same in itself as a whole. Okay, let's get into it. So the first one is agreeableness. It's all about compassion, respectfulness, trust, and the tendency to go along with others. The second one is conscientiousness, organization, productivity, responsibility, and the tendency to be careful and hardworking to follow rules. Third is extroversion, social ability, and assertiveness. Fourth is neuroticism, tendencies towards sensitivity, 
negative emotions, anxiety, and depression. And fifth is openness to experience, which is curiosity, creativity, appreciation for new ideas, values, feelings, and behaviors. So after going over these big five, Abby, do you feel like you relate to like one or two specifically right now? Well, with the personality traits, I feel like everyone to an extent has some aspect of these, but I will say that I have strengths in conscientiousness. So when it comes to organization, productivity, and just being hardworking to make something happen, I think that's something that I identify with. And then also openness to experience. So when it comes to curiosity, creativity, and appreciation for new ideas, values, feelings, and behaviors, I definitely see that I also am very open to new experiences, which those two are kind of contrasting because one is like very open and the other one is very organized. I'll also say that neuroticism is one that... (laughs) Like neurotic people, guys. I don't know why I'm saying neuro. I can't. It's hard to see it. Like when you're not seeing like neurotic, because I feel like we all know like, oh, you're being neurotic. But neuroticism. Yes. Yes. So when I'm like looking at that word, that was something that was newer to me as a personality trait, something to pay attention to. But I do feel like when it comes to being able to manage with sensitivity, negative emotions, anxiety, and depression, that's something I've also learned to do. Whether it's just through experience, through working with people, through relationships in my life. And so that's something also that stood out to me that I wouldn't have thought of consciously, but definitely do see some emotional intelligence in myself. I love that. Not because I want to, but more because I had to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, touching on that too, when I think of like neurotic people, I don't know about you, Abby, but I have like negative connotations that just come into my head right away. And like when you call someone neurotic or say you're being neurotic or anything like that, to me, it's like angsty and just negative. And so I've always had kind of like negative connotations when it comes to that. But in psych.com, there actually is, they talk about like kind of like the positivity side and the upside to being neurotic, which they literally say a little neuroticism can be good for the soul. These personality types tend to be intelligent, humorous, and have more realistic, if cynical, expectations. Mm. A greater self-awareness, drive, and conscientiousness. They do take fewer risks and have a strong need to provide for others. And that was from a psychiatrist who kind of made that conclusion following some research. He also said that neurotics possess more emotional depth and that they have more experience handling negative emotions, which, though difficult, can also make them deeper and facilitate empathy and understanding for other people's struggles. Mm. Which is kind of interesting. Very interesting. And I've met people that I will say I would identify, like I would relate this word to them. And those people kind of scare me because it's like they understand this stuff enough to the point where they could actually be threats in these spaces because they're in tune with the mind and how it works. And I will say too, like working in sales, I had to learn how to navigate people's emotions, navigate how people perceived me and how they saw different things. And I had to change that. And I felt like an evil genius, but that's probably how these people feel. (laughs) And then it literally talks about too, right after the positives, it says where it goes south 
And it mentions, it says, while some neuroticism is healthy, it can go south where it can become a crash and burn dynamic, where negative beliefs about yourself lead to ineffective social functioning. So the doctor, the psychiatrist, the doctor kind of talks about how an example can be where a coworker who might be a superstar at work tends to kind of worry about his or her performance. And then all of a sudden, when they get a little bit of negative feedback from their boss, they feel like it's a huge criticism and they respond to a point where they consume themselves with so much worry, self-evaluation and anxiety that they can't focus anymore and they might get sick or stop performing altogether because they are so angsty and that drives them into a crash and burn type mindset. So I thought it was really interesting about it can be positive and where it can kind of just give me an example of where it can go south, which is interesting. And it's interesting too, Abby, that you can relate to some friends that you have like that. I definitely have people that come to mind when I think of those as well. For me personally, I think that I would relate most to extroversion. Number one, I'm a huge extrovert. I love being social. It's hard to pull me from social activities when I'm there because I love talking and just making friends, making connections. Abby's laughing. No, I'm like in disgust. I'm like, ew, I hate extroversion. It's gross. I love it. My social (laughs) battery is always full. I love being with people and doing different things and going to different places. I think it's so fun. And that's how I get energy. And that's, I just love being social. I love being that. And I think there's also part of this. It says sociability and assertiveness. I can also be very assertive. I can explain what I need. I can be assertive in different rooms and how I want to come across and appear when it comes to communicating my thoughts and my needs and other things like that. Definitely one that I relate to. I also relate to conscientiousness when it comes to being hardworking and productive. I get fueled by productivity. I love being productive. I love being hardworking. I love being on the go. So that's something else that I can really relate to. How about agreeableness? Agreeableness. Yeah, that's one that (laughs) I don't necessarily relate to. Agreeableness, compassion, respectfulness, trust, the tendency to go along with others. As much as those are great qualities, that is just not some of my top prime characteristics. Would you agree? Yeah, it's okay, though. I think that's both of us. Said, oh, we're great, guys. We're, we're not compassionate, people. not respectful, not trustworthy. We don't go along with others. We just like to make sure that we're always challenged in life. And so we also challenge the people around us to be great. That's my number eight Enneagram, guys. If you know anything about Enneagrams, I am that number eight challenger. I'm always challenging everything. Yes, I'm number eight. To the point where it's annoying. I'm actually number eight and then I'm number five. And they're really close. Okay. Number five is like, I hate people. I love data. <laughs> I hate people. I love data. That's me. Abby, you need a tattoo that just says that. (laughs) Or on your tombstone, it can just say, I hate people and I love data. Here lies Abby. Here lies Abby. (laughs) Amazing. Well, I think this is really good for us to like kind of talk about our personality traits and what we relate to and what we don't relate to because it's important to be self-aware. So as we were kind of talking about these things, agreeableness, conscientiousness, extroversion, neuroticism, openness to experience, I think it's really important for you guys listening as well to think about what you relate to and why because now we're going to take that and we're going to go into some studies and some interesting things. So according to a psychologist that studied these personality traits when correlating to work performance, now we can talk about work performance and success how it relates to these personality traits. So 
a psychologist who studied this says from their study, not only does personality directly affect employees' performance ratings, but it also shapes employees' positions in their social networks at work. These positions help predict job performance as well. Establishing yourself as someone who people go to for advice is especially important. That's the position you want to achieve maximum success. Mm, I like that. That's very interesting. And it's like a lot of these things, they have to do with this quote, but you don't always have to present yourself in a way like people think you have to be extroverted to be the person everyone goes to to advice. No, someone with agreeableness is just as trustworthy and open as someone with extroversion who's also open. Someone with neuroticism, they are someone who are good with the mind. They're good with the psych. So like you might notice that and you might be open to them. So like you don't have to change your personality, but find out what personality trait you can use to be these things. Exactly. Because I think everyone can think of too, like maybe that one person at work that is extroverted, but can also be really annoying and someone you don't want to be around 24-7. All extroverts. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Whoa, 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 all whoa. of them, all of them fall in that category. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Well, extroverted can be seen as just this great thing because guys were so great. Okay. <laughs> it can also be seen as negative, and maybe some people don't think of you as the first person they want to go to because they know that conversation will probably never end and they don't want to be in an hour long conversation. So they decide to take their take their worries elsewhere. Yes. But it is important, like you mentioned, how you can use your personality traits in different ways to become that trustworthy person at work because that's extremely important. But it's also important to remember that your position in your social network at work matters because that's going to affect what people are saying about you when you're not in the room. That's going to affect potential opportunities that are going to come across your way and are not going to come across your way. For example, okay, if you are an extroverted person and you do get to know everyone really well in the office, then when a opportunity arises that's right for you, people may be more prone to thinking about you. You might be top of mind for them and giving you that opportunity. Whereas if you are more introverted or someone who hasn't met everyone in the office because you don't want to really socialize or get to know many people, then if an opportunity does arise, that might be good for you. But that person doesn't really know you. They may not think of you and you may not be top of mind for that opportunity. That's just an example of something that may play into effect when it comes to your social network at work and how well you know other people, things like that. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yes, yes, yes. But- I will say again, playing playing devil's advocate, I'm not the most extroverted person, but even example, I did the pageant and I knew that it would be to my advantage to be friends with everyone in the room in the pageant, but I'm personally not super extroverted. I do not like small talk. I do not like talking about nothingness. And I hate when conversations are long-winded when they don't need to be. So what I did rather is... I still stepped out of my comfort zone, but I built personal relationships with every single girl. Every girl that entered the room. That sounds a little extroverted to me. No, that was my introversion trying to try, okay? (laughs) That was my introverted trying to extrovert. 
I introduced myself personally to everybody in the room. I didn't do it to be like the socialite. I didn't do it to be the most popular girl in the room, but I did it because I knew it was important to be able to be someone they could confide in, somebody that they trust, and then always also be a friend for the long term. So it might not look the same for everyone is the point I'm trying to make. I love that. It's always going to be important because if you think about it too, no matter what place you're in, you're going to have these social settings. Like you said, in a pageant where you're with a bunch of girls, you're in a social setting and you still made a point to make contact with individually with those girls. If you're at work and you have a happy hour, you may not want to be in the middle of the table having these lively discussions, but you might just be able to turn to the person next to you and get to know them a little bit deeper and get to know like what their family is like, what they're like, stuff like that, things about them. So it can look different in different situations, but either way, it's important to make connections because you're always expanding your network. And Abby, I know that's something that you know is valuable when it comes to building your network and maintaining your network. Yes, your network is your net worth. You hear that from high school on, and I will never stop saying that because it's like you are just as much as the resources you have in life and people don't realize it. They think that you need money and you need all the friends in the world. And it's like, no, you just need the right people around you. Amen. Going into this study that the psychologist did, another point that we want to touch on that we noticed from this study is the psychologist also noted that it may seem like some traits are counterproductive in every job but every trait has a bright side and a dark side. The psychologist went on to say that low conscientiousness, for example, is helpful in jobs that require flexibility and a willingness to improvise rather than following the rules. Example, jazz musician. The same employee who lacks attention to detail may be excellent at improvising and coming up with new and novel solutions. So I think it's important to note when it comes to this point that If you see yourself as, again, someone, or if you just are someone who has low conscientiousness, that may in the general public or in the general eye be seen as negative. However, in a specific role, that can actually be a strength. So before you go and assess yourself and say, oh, I have all these negative things that are bad and not many strengths, first think, okay, I may have low conscientiousness, but maybe that is good in different job scenarios and in different career paths. And maybe I should be looking at a career path that focuses on this. Yes, I love that. Because when it comes to seeing yourself against society, we compare ourselves so much. And honestly, like society compares us to all these things. As again, since we're born, you're compared. You're compared to everyone else. You're rated based off of the intelligence of the kid next to you. And at the end of the day, there's a space that exists for you no matter what your strength is. And it shouldn't be labeled as a weakness. You should rather find the space where it does work out. I like that they use jazz musicians because I like to call myself a jazz musician in this world, you know. Wait, what? <laughs> I've never heard you call yourself you a I, jazz musician. I know, because I just came up with this, okay? <laughs> but just somebody that has flexibility and is open and able to improvise, that's someone that's seen as like weird, impulsive, and like out of the ordinary in our society. Because our society allows us to build these things and be all structured out. But that's why I would call myself a jazz musician because people can like, even with you, people see you moving and they're like, how do you do it all, Hannah? You're Jesus. And it's like, 
first, sometimes we do push ourselves a little too much. But I'll also say it's because we find strengths in flexibility and being able to improvise in our lives. When we overdo it, a lot of the times it's because you're not surrounded right now with people who do it. And so it is hard to do both. It is hard to be flexible and be able to improvise and have half your life look like that, but then have the other half of your life be meetings that are set in stone that you have to show up for. That's why people like Hannah and I, we might be late because we were just improvising for the past four hours and we got a lot done, but you wanted a two o'clock appointment and we have to show up at two o'clock because it won't work with society. That's what's difficult about it, but we can't see those as weaknesses because the same way people look at us as crazy, it's like, actually, I got twice as much done today because my flexibility and my willingness to improvise and change my schedule allowed me to get a lot done. Wow. I just related to that so much. I was talking to you, girl. I was talking to you. But it's true. It's true. And a lot of people, if something don't goes along with their plan, they will crash and burn. If you're that detail-oriented person or that OCD person that's like, everything has to be this specific way, you have so many strengths and I need people like you to help me stay in check, okay? And you are amazing. But at the same time, just like <laughs> everything has ups and downs. Okay, what you're happens amazing, when life but- does- <laughs> but what happens when life doesn't go along with your plan, okay? What are you going to do? You got to improvise. You got you, you just have to or you die. Adapt or die is one of the quotes that I will always have with me <laughs> because that's what one of the professors said at with, when we were studying different companies. He was like, if you can take anything away from this course, remember this, adapt or die because this is what happens in business and this is what happens in life. If you don't adapt, you die and that's pretty much it. We got to focus on learning to adapt. But either way, I think what you're saying is 100% correct when it comes to being willing to improvise and how that can have its positives and how that can have its negatives. Same with the people who are very strict and detail-oriented and on their schedule, right? As ups and as downs, as positives and as negatives. I think the key to success is understanding what those are for you, not just leaving it up to chance and figuring it out as you go, but actually actively understanding who you are, why you're doing what you're doing and what those personality traits are. And then once you understand what those are, do you want to keep them or do you want to change? Make that decision too. Because like we're saying, you can actually change your romantic partner. If you're married, if you're engaged, if you're dating, wherever that, wherever you are with that person, that person will also play into effect and affect how you're living your daily life. The people who you surround yourself with, your close friend circle will affect how you're living. And if you want to become a more detail oriented person and you want to try to focus on the details more, you can slowly focus on the details more and adapt and change. Now, I'm not saying you need to completely change who you are. I'm saying know who you are and then decide, okay, I want to keep this or I don't want to keep this. For me, myself personally, like I struggled growing up and currently with compassion and respect, (laughs) which is agreeableness, okay? I need to work on that. So I need to be hanging out with more compassionate and respectful people and be working on that with myself. That's something that conscientiously I know I need to be doing. And so it's not going to be a change overnight. Look, it's going to take some years, but... I'm mindful about it. I'm mindful about it. I'm going to say first, I like how you said 
know who you are, but also decide who you want to be. I think that's huge. And second off, I'm going to say it does not need to take years, okay? People can decide to change Have overnight. Say it does not need to take years. I, that's me. I'm but just saying people can it might decide to time. change overnight. The thing is, time is relative. Life is relative. You don't know how long you're going to live. If you want to make a change, make it tomorrow. That's what I say to people because people give themselves all Abby this said, you time. You said it's going to take yourself years. It's you can make you, that change no. I'm tomorrow. talking to you. No, I'm talking to myself too because there's things that. I've had to change overnight to be who I want to be tomorrow, to be who I want to be in someone's life tomorrow, to be who I want to be in a business tomorrow. And so those things, again, it doesn't need to take years. It can take years. But again, it's a choice. It is a choice. All of it is a choice. Even the time it takes is a choice. I wanted to stop chewing my nails. I chewed my nails till I was like 14 years old. I wanted to stop chewing my nails one day and I literally painted my nails because I was like, maybe if they're pretty, I won't chew them. And then that didn't work. So I painted them almost every day so that I had the taste of bad nail polish on my fingernails and was not going to put my fingers near my mouth. Yes, it's very, very, very intense how I did that. But guess what? It didn't take more than a week to stop chewing my nails. And then I would paint my nails every other week. And I started getting snails, period. But (laughs) the point is, it can be an overnight change, or you can let it take a year or two. But there's some things in life that demand it to be urgently changed. You can lose a lot in life if you decide that you're going to wait to make a change that needs to happen tomorrow. That's true. And I think there's a difference between waiting to make the change and taking steps towards the change. Because for me personally, I think if you're making steps towards the person that you want to become and the change that you want to have in your life, that is where you need to be. Yeah, and, and then trying to the follow change. in the steps that you're exactly. taking. Not like that's what I meant. Like not like waiting. No, no, like, I'm oh, not I'll coming for you. I'm just letting people know because <laughs> no, no, I'm not like, coming for you. Look. I'm not coming for you. I'm not coming for you. I'm literally saying like it doesn't have to take a long time, but like you said, start yeah. the process. Yeah, it's always a process. And and as you go, it's going like you may change again, your mindset on who that wants to be in the next week or day or year as well as you go through different things in life and, and allow those things to change you. So I think it's really important. Like you said, it is a choice and you get to decide on who you want to become and what you want to take with you, what you want to release We heard that speech that Taylor Swift gave. I believe it was Taylor Swift that she says, as you go through life, you have to catch and release. You're going to go through all these experiences and you have to decide what you want to catch and take with you and what you want to release and let go, but make the conscious decision of what that is. Yeah, definitely. I will say like, even for me, agreeableness, I will say the quickest change I had to make was for a booster brand, like in personality when it comes to changing and that has to do with business but it's like you I had to make a change or else things just would not be smooth sailing and it was just a matter of what I wanted to catch and release (laughs) so one of the Forbes articles that we looked into it had a study so the study was published in December of 2020 issue of psychological science and it found that if you make a personality change 
it can lead to higher levels of job success. And so Dr. Kevi Hoff at the University of Houston and his research team, they followed two groups of youth for approximately 12 years from 17 years old to 29 years old. Growth in emotional stability, conscientiousness, and extroversion were the personality traits that most predicted career satisfaction and success. The study also showed that extroversion has a leg up on the career ladder for success. So this was a study that was done with people over 12 years of time after that high school age up until their late 20s. And it shows that you truly need emotional stability, conscientiousness, and extroversion to have career satisfaction and success in the United States of America. I'm going to add that. (laughs) Thank you for adding that, adding that extra part. Well, I think it's important because emotional stability, I mean, that's obvious. Like if you don't have a lot of emotional stability and you are pretty instable with your emotions or unstable with your emotions, it is like up and down. So you may not have career satisfaction because you're not emotionally stable and that affects your relationships, your career, and a lot of other facets in your life. When it comes to extroversion, people who are extroverted in this study and in the other study also tend to be really positive people, people who are optimists instead of pessimists. So it would also make more sense that extroverts are satisfied in the decisions that they have and in the career choices that they've made. And then when it comes to conscientiousness, again, like having that whole part of you that's connected to your psyche, that's conscious about the decisions that you're making, the choices that you're making, awareness for those as well, that's also going to lead to satisfaction and success. I feel like that too made a lot of sense. And the fact that they did this study just kind of verifies everything that you would think to be true when it comes to that. It's just interesting to note that you can also grow like as you're going through high school and as this age group, obviously that 17 to 29 year old range, there was a lot of growth in those three things and that led to success and satisfaction. So continuing to grow, continuing to stay satisfied in your career because you're working on your emotional stability, conscientiousness and extroversion characteristics was just really important to note. Yes. And then we have to give it to the extroverts. Okay. The extroverts had the leg up on the career ladder for success. That is something that, yes, if you're introverted, it's like discouraging, but I will give you guys hope. You can pretend to be extroverted. When you're when you're introverted, the only thing is that you like truly just don't get satisfied or fueled by people energy. Like your social battery is going backwards. You're losing juice when you talk to people. You are not gaining juice while you're talking to people. And that's the really the biggest difference. That doesn't mean you're incapable. That doesn't mean you can't do it. That doesn't mean that you are just stuck in this box that you put yourself in. And I think that's what a lot of introverts mess up on because we think that we can't change it and we can't be a certain thing because we don't identify with the word extroverted. But at the end of the day, being social is something that can be learned. Having people skills is something that can be learned. And then you can go home and you can sit on your couch and you can have a pint of ice cream and you can cry because you just had to talk to so many people today. That's me. 
Wow, I love this hope that you're giving everyone, this this picture that you're painting for us. Thank yeah, you. and then guess what? You win because you just pretended to be an extrovert. <laughs> That's true, though. I gave this example a while ago, like a few episodes back, but I had this girl who was my partner in the master's program that I was in, and she was in her first job, first like big girl job, amazing job. She's engineer, super, super smart, very opposite of me in a lot of ways, but extremely smart, and she called me and said, hey, I have my first happy hour and it's about networking. Please give me your tips because I don't want to network. I don't know how to do this and I know I need to. So please give me your tips. And I sat there and I talked her through it and I helped her with different tips to like make it work for her. And she did great and is amazing and said that out of all of her colleagues, even the more extroverted ones, she was the one who took the time to really make the most connections throughout the company and build her network throughout the company because she was focused on it. So all it takes is for you to be aware and focused and find strategies that work for you. And she didn't have to completely change herself and her personality. No, she was just aware of it and intentional about it and learned strategies that worked for her. And imagine an introvert acting extroverted. Okay, you are a lethal weapon. You literally are the person who sits and observes everyone. So when you actually act extroverted, realize that you have a strength and that you probably know a lot of people better than the people that might spend more time showing their personality than receiving personalities. And so take it as a compliment, okay, right now. And I tell you, if you can do both, you're killing it. (laughs) And you can do both. You are it. You're the lethal weapon. You're the it girl. You are everything. You can do it. <laughs> Abby's like, here's my challenge for you. Let's let's do both and win. And I'm only saying this from experience because truly, like, working in sales, I had to put myself out there. But then just this pageant stuff, man, this pageant stuff, it really messed me up. <laughs> I'm about to check my personality type after this rain is over. It's going to change completely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm proud of you to be able to be able to assess yourself and know these things and still make an effort when, again, it's probably taking away from your battery instead of giving it life. You're still like prioritizing what you know is going to be most impactful and important for your career and in the direction that you want to go in. That takes a lot of work. Well, you know what I do? Sometimes I just go on your story and I'm like, what would Hannah post today? (laughs) What would Hannah say? (laughs) So I'm proud of you. <laughs> she said my cheat code. I, I just literally see, what, just what am like, I supposed to be doing? Oh, okay, that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> when I don't post, I just go on your story and I'm like, hey guys. <laughs> oh yeah, I randomly pull out my phone and talk to my my yes. quote unquote followers, which is Andrews. Andrew said he walked by me one day after this one in the episode. He walked by me one day and he said, You look like a psychopath talking to yourself in the car. Because you I just brought my phone up. I'm just talking to quote unquote Instagram and my followers. And he said, You look like you're actually insane. <laughs> just talking to yourself in the car by yourself. I'm like, yeah, that's me just talking away on my story. <laughs> But it's what you got to do. So you did Well, thank you, Homegirl Hustlers, for tuning into this episode. Hopefully you got some takeaway on how personality affects your career in positive ways and negative ways and how you can never stop growing. So just assess yourself, decide what you want to catch, decide what you want to release, and continue to grow and make strides in having your successful career and in what that looks like for you. Absolutely. We'll see you next Wednesday. See you next Wednesday.